Are you looking for entertainment for a fundraiser, outreach, youth night, date night, or for a conference? Does your team need a way to improve team camaraderie, confidence, and communication? Well, look at Wellverse Comedy for a show, performance, or a workshop. Wellverse Comedy is Chicago's clean comedy team, and we're ready to serve you, your audience, or your organization. We've headlined our own shows at the Second City at Gutty's Comedy Club in Indianapolis and started our own TV show called His Line. And we've raised over $5,000 for charity in just the last two years. We are now booking for your back-to-school bash, fundraiser, and even your holiday parties. Contact us today, and let's see how a night of high-energy, clean, original, family-friendly comedy can make your next event memorable for all the right reasons. Connect with us on social media at WellversedCMDY. That's at WellversedCMDY. Or online at WellversedComedy.com. WellversedComedy.com. For booking information, email us improv at WellversedComedy.com. Welcome to the Gifts for Glory podcast, where we celebrate and promote men and women using their gifts for God's glory. Know someone who is making an impact for God's kingdom using their gifts, talents, and passions? We'd love to meet them. Send us an email at podcast at giftsforglory.com. That's podcast at gifts, the number four, glory.com. And now here is our host, Dave Ebert. Hello, friends and neighbors, and welcome to the latest edition of the Gifts for Glory podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. we got a really great episode for you. Uh, we're back after a few weeks off uh, and uh, excited to share uh, our guest uh, today. Uh, we're going to be talking to America's mom in just a few moments. Uh, really excited to uh, share her story and just this awesome woman of strength, which, you know, March is uh, National, Women, National Women's Month. So it, this will be a, uh, this is a great guest to share and, and a great story to share. So really excited to tell you this story coming up. Uh, as you heard right before we got started, uh, Wellverse Comedy is, is uh, looking for opportunities to bring comedy uh, to your church, your outreach event, your date night event. Uh, we've uh, raised, uh, since our inception, we've raised over $10,000 for charities, uh, mostly through just free shows and, and taking donations. Uh, every time we do a fundraiser, we, we do it voluntarily because we love the gift of laughter. We love the gift of bringing people together and using our gifts, talents, and passions uh, to bring people together and to uh, to use those gifts for the benefit of uh, worthwhile causes, uh, things like Royal Family Kids Camps. Uh, also, uh, we've raised money for just a host of different charities uh, in and around Chicagoland. Uh, so if you're looking for uh, a way to uh, spice up your next event with some live interactive comedy, and you don't want to spend the huge bucks to fly in town from all over the world, uh, just look down the down the road here in Chicagoland. We'd love to come out to you and uh, bring some comedy to you. Uh, speaking of which, we have a few shows coming up. Uh, in fact, as we record this on Friday, uh, St. Patrick's Day, uh, we are one day away from our free show at the uh, Lombard Assembly Church in Lombard, Illinois. Absolutely free to get in. It's called Good for the Soul because laughter is good for the soul. It's like good medicine. Clean comedy for all ages, and that's tomorrow night, 6.30 p.m. Uh, in Lombard, Illinois. And then next Saturday, a week from tomorrow, we'll be in Orland Park at Stone Church for RFK Comedy Night for Royal Family Kids Camp uh, Orland Park. It's a uh, camp for foster kids uh, in the Chicagoland area to get them uh, out and, uh, frankly, just to to show them true love. Uh, what uh, um, you know, it's Royal Family Kids because we want to treat them like royalty. 
Uh, so RFK Comedy Night in Orland Park is on March 25th. And then the following week on April Fool's Day, we're doing April Foolin'. Uh, it's a comedy show uh, raising money for uh, RFK Lockport, uh, Royal Family Kids Camp Lockport, and also uh, co-hosted by uh, the Braggies Players as a children's theater in Lockport. Uh, so uh, they're partnering with us, providing the, the stage and providing the sound equipment and everything else that we need. So that is April uh, Foolin' on April 1st. Uh, you can find all of those shows on events.wellversedcomedy.com, events.wellversedcomedy.com. And now let's dive into our Devotions with Dave segment. Uh, tonight we are uh, reading out of the uh, the book of, uh, of um, uh, here we go, uh, the book of Isaiah 6-8 uh, in the NLT. Afterward, Jesus returned to Jerusalem uh, for one of the Jewish holidays. Inside, um, actually, I got the wrong uh, citation. I cha- forgot to change that. Uh, so uh, we're actually reading from uh, the book of John. Uh, and uh, so this is talking about when Jesus went to uh, Jerusalem to uh, uh, for one of the Jewish, Jewish holy days. Uh, inside the city near the, the Sheep Gate was a pool of Bethsaida. Uh, and uh, the pool of Bethsaida uh, was uh, covered with five porches. Crowds of sick people, blind, lame, and paralyzed uh, uh, were waiting there for uh, when the when angel of the Lord stirred up the water. And the first person to step in the water was... Uh, healed of whatever disease uh, he or or she had had, uh, and one of the men lying there had been there and had been in, uh, had been sick for thirty eight years. Uh, when Jesus saw him and knew he had been uh, ill for a very long time, uh, he asked him, "Would you like to get well?" Now, obviously, it seems like an obvious question. Would you like to get well? But Jesus knew that for many. Uh, that were there at the pool of Bethsaida, uh, that they were there because their illness, their sickness, their lameness was, was actually a crutch. They were afraid of, of uh, basically of, of life. And sometimes we are afraid. We, we wonder, what would we be if this excuse was taken away? Sometimes we're afraid of accountability. And I think that Jesus saw this man and this is not my original thought. Uh, this is actually a teaching I, I heard a while back that that Jesus knew the man's heart, like he knows our hearts. And sometimes we're confronted with the truth. Do we want to be healed? Because once we're healed, now we have no excuse. We're now accountable. We now have to step forward into that healing. And so sometimes God doesn't give us what we ask for because he knows our heart. And he knows that basically we're not ready for it. And this was just uh, Jesus taking a moment, looking this man in the eye and say, do you want this? Do you really want to be healed? Or is this something that, that you're clinging on to too much? Uh, I know I've kind of rambled on that uh, a little bit, uh, but just the idea is that sometimes people don't get healed because they're too attached to their healing and they don't are too attached to what they're holding on to and they're afraid to let it go. And, uh, you know, God is a gentleman. He doesn't force anything on us. Uh, so sometimes in your life, when, you, when you're praying for something, check your motives and check to see if you're ready to receive. Because uh, God does not want to bless us to death. Uh, so uh, just, uh, uh, you know, and, and take that, um, you know, just, you know, think about that. There's a different way to think about the story of, of this lame man at the pool of Bethsaida is Jesus, instead of just healing him automatically, he asked him, do you want this? Are you sure? Uh, Because God is a gentleman. He doesn't force things on us, and he also 
he doesn't give us things in order for us to fail. He gives us things in order for us to succeed. Uh, so uh, that is our Devotion with Dave segment for today. Uh, a little bit disjointed there, got distracted because I didn't change the address in my notes. So I apologize for that. Uh, so let's get to our uh, our guest at this time. Our guest is uh, Sharona Bishop. Uh, she's a TV personality, a podcaster, a pundit, and a patriot. Uh, she uh, is uh, somebody that's become a household name since 2020 after working closely with politicians and campaigns all over the country. Uh, Sharona has a passion for the truth, and uh, she wants to share with the masses what's really going on in our country because I think that anybody that's watching this podcast or listening I think we're in agreement that there is an agenda and the mainstream media does not tell us the truth all the time. And, and it's advocates and it's people who are on the ground like, like our guest who are trying to bring the truth to light. So without uh, further ado, let us uh, welcome our guest, America's mom, uh, Sharana Bishop. Welcome to Gifts of Glory. How are you? Thank you, Dave, so much. You know what? What an honor to be on here with you. And, and thank you for sharing me with your people. And even your message is really timely. I think it's actually a really great launching point is, do you really want to be healed? Um, yeah. Um, it is just such a, um, it's such a great question because I think what's preventing a lot of people from getting into the battle the way that you are or the way that I've chosen to or the way God has led us to do is because they're holding on to things they think they have, not realizing they don't possess, they don't possess a darn thing. Nothing we have really belongs to us. And I think the moment that we finally decide to surrender and give that up is the moment that God can finally do something with us. It's really an interesting question that that you're posing there is, do you really want to be healed? Because if you get healed in Jesus name, he is going to use you. That trauma is out of the way and we're ready to move forward and see what God has in store for you. Because before we were even born, he had this plan for us. And like you said, I just thought that was put really well. He's such a gentleman. He's not going to force his way and his will on us, but he has such a beautiful plan for us. And I, um, I was listening to um, the author of the heart, Jonathan Kahn, and mm -hmm. he was talking about how the things we're doing right now, this, what you're doing right now, this is what you're going to be doing in the kingdom to come. And I, I think it was probably in meaning, you know, if you've surrendered to the Lord, if you're walking in faith, if you're trusting him, you're actively living out this faith that you claim to have, that is where you will be in the kingdom to come. Some of us are going to be there as if by fire and we get in, you know, by our coattails, thankfully for the blood of Jesus. Um, but there are others, though, who are actively living and walking out their faith right now. And, and um, one thing I read in 2013 that really deeply affected me, I read the passage a lot, um, but I don't know why it just affected me differently. I'd gotten a book when I graduated from high school. And in the book, it was all these different passages about your future and how God wants to bless your life and all these things. I never read it till 2013. And the passage said, you must believe God is good and that he is a giver of good gifts. And I don't know why that hit me so different in, in that time, but I really was like, God gives good gifts. He really wants to give us good gifts. And I'm not thinking carnally, I'm thinking peace of mind, power and authority. When you take your stand, even the way you're speaking, you know what you know. The You have the power of the Holy Spirit enveloping yeah. you, filling you. And when you speak, you speak with authority because God 
has given that gift to you once we've surrendered our lives to him. So it's not just that God is good, but that he's a giver of good gifts, of good things in our lives. And for me, that good gift has been most definitely, it is it is strength, it is courage to stand up, and it's a righteous indignation um, at what is happening right now. There's a, another verse that says, every day the Lord sits indignant on his throne. And um, we, for years, my husband was the chaplain at one of our youth corrections facilities, and I used to go in as a volunteer with him. And the things that would go on with these children, sometimes the only comforting word we could offer was that God sits indignant on his throne every day. Don't you worry. He um, knows he is angry about what he sees happening here on planet Earth, and he has not forgotten you. And I think that's really, um, I, I uh, just to kind of give a little backstory about me for your audience who's new to hearing about me. And I don't even get to talk about this stuff a whole lot because everyone's always very focused on the FBI raid and, and those parts of it. But since we're with a fellow believers, I just want to share, I, I came to Christ when I was five years old, definitely had an understanding very early on. I had three brothers. I didn't like them. I knew for certain I was a sinner. <laughs> I knew that I didn't, I didn't love my brothers. So I knew for sure. Um, I didn't know who this Jesus was, but I knew for sure already I had hate in my heart and I needed a savior. And then from there, the Lord has just really kind of taken me along. We had a very tumultuous upbringing. And um, in anyone who says that difficult times don't uh, prevent people from becoming, you know, great people is is just it's so backwards. It's difficult times that create really strong people. Yeah. And so I, I'm always excited to hear the difficult things that people have come out of because I know God promises he's working all of that together for good. And um, because we love him and we're serving him. And so he's going to bring it. He's going to bring the absolute best out of it, the beauty for ashes that you've lived through. And yeah. so that's definitely been a big part of my story. I got married very young. I met my husband in high school. We've been married for almost 25 years now. We've um, been together for almost 29. We have four really wonderful, amazing kids. And the, the greatest thing that's come out of the story that I'll share today with you guys really is my kids are, are they get it. They know what's going on. They have, um, each of them have, have definitely grown in their faith and their trust in God, their faith and their trust in us as parents and their obligation and duty as an American citizen to, to defend this Republic. And I think that that's a godly calling, you know, God put us here. This is where we live. This is our nation. And I, I don't think that he passively um, has, I don't think he's called us to be pacifists in this time and in this era. He's raising us up right now to be people of courage, to stand in the gap. And um, so, so basically from there in 2017, I uh, had made the very faulty decision and all you parents out there who are worrying that your kids are going to be weird, you know, if you're homeschooling or you're sheltering them too much or you've got them in um, charter schools or whatever, let them be weird. Have you seen what weird is nowadays or have you seen what normal is nowadays? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, I'd rather have that homeschool um, attachment. But in 2017, my, my son came to us and said he really wanted to go to public school. He'd been in a private charter, uh, was a public private charter. And, um, and we were like, well, it won't be so bad. It's our tiny little town. We'll have our finger on the pulse. It'll be great. It's fine. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't very long before our, our son was really struggling. Our daughter shortly thereafter. It's just a culture of um, low expectations, it, of uh, lack of discipline, and, um, and now more than ever, it is um, been it's been transferred over to this cult. This transgender ideology, this human secularism, is 
they're not hiding it anymore. In 2017, they were still kind of cloaking it. You really didn't know what was going on for sure. But here right. in 2023, there's no doubt at all what's happening in the public school system across the country. So what happened, my eyes just became opened. You know, I just really saw this is not good, but I didn't know who was making the rules. And I didn't know what a school board was. Um, I didn't know how they determined curriculum. I didn't know any of that stuff. I got a quick education when my son was struggling and trying to figure out what was happening. And just realized that elections, even then I knew elections have serious consequences. So I'm like naive and I'm like, well, let's just get really great people elected. This will be great. We'll get great people elected. They'll turn everything around. They'll listen to the people and everything's going to work out fantastic. And so in my immaturity, really, my lack of understanding of how politics worked, um, I rode that train for a little while and we began seeing the writing on the wall when a governor, Jared Polis, he's the first openly gay governor in America over Colorado. Mm -hmm. um, he very quickly moved in um, disintegrating the family unit, number one. In the first 90 days that he took office in 2018, he uh, introduced comprehensive sex education. And for those um, who aren't aware, most states already have a form of comprehensive sex education. And basically what it means is that it's woven throughout all of your studies. It's not just isolated to sex ed like when we were in high school. And it's also not from a negative perspective. It's a very affirming perspective. It's the idea that four-year-olds and up are sexual. It's the idea that everyone should know how to have the, mo the, the best outcome of a sexual experience. That is not what we want children knowing or learning about, or we don't want to be affirming the positive end of, of sexual activity because they're kids. And they right. don't even know what to do with all of that. I mean, we were kids once, like we know it's complicated and confusing. And if you had a teacher standing up there giving you permission to go explore all these things, telling you it's not only natural, but you must do it in order to be a well-rounded adult. I mean, what we find sadly is that the more time your kids spend with someone else, it's their opinion, it's their ideas that they take on rather than yours. And it's their values that they take on. And that's that's what's happening with our, our children. That's what comprehensive sex education is all about. It is about promoting and creating confusion and and really um, exposing your children to hypersexuality uh, in a very unhealthy and um, demonic way, really. It yeah. is very demonic because they, they really want kids to understand um, that homosexuality is just a normal, another alternative. It's just the same as heterosexuality. It's just another option. And of course, that we don't view it that uh, we don't view it that way. We have the biblical standard. Mm -hmm. So, um, comprehensive sex education right away. And then another bill that was introduced that's happening all over the country. And you really should. Those who are listening right now, you need to engage and see what's happening with your mental health bills. These modernizing of mental health bills are really meant to separate the parent from the child. What mm -hmm. I mean by that is, in Colorado and in California, basically 12 years old and up, you don't have a say in anything medical or mental health with your child. If your child is in a public school system, I, and I'm not being, I'm not exaggerating, this is not hyperbole, this is the absolute truth. 12 years old and up, you do not have a say. The mental health um, expert, counselor, or psychiatrist of the school, they get to determine whether or not they let you, the parent, know if your child is receiving any type of care. Mm. Can you imagine that? I mean, all the stories we're hearing about the transgender stuff and children trying to transition or wearing binders, calling themselves, you know, maybe their name's Patricia, but then they call them Felix at school. The hiding and the lying that teachers and administrators are doing with parents. <clears throat> for us, we've been dealing with that for several years now in Colorado. And um, and I really just thought if people knew, know what's happening, Dave, I was just so naive. I thought if the public knows what's happening, 
they're going to stand up. They're going to rise up with me and they're going to be like, pull your kids out of school, get rid of these demonic um, teachers and, and these demonic um, curriculum, all of this, right? That's mm -hmm. what I thought was going to happen. So in 2019, April of 2019, uh, after much prayer and consideration, trying to figure out what it was that God, what, what am I doing with all of this stuff? I've got this passion like crazy. I've got a fire in my belly that just cannot be contained. And I am ready just to, I'm ready to flip tables. I'm ready to die on this hill for my kids. Lord, what do you want me to do with it? Like, what do we call this thing that's happening right now? And, and, and it really, it's embarrassing actually. And kind of, um, kind of, it is just embarrassing. I was sitting there. I'd been praying for weeks, just asking the Lord, what are we doing? What are we doing? And, uh, and it really came to me in my quiet time. It's going to be called America's mom. Mm. And I responded, this is obnoxious. Uh, people already are like, what are you doing? This is going to be one more reason for them to dislike me, claiming that I am the America's mom. But the reality was it's the representation, that this yeah. is the spirit that American mothers need to adopt. God's given me this spirit, this, this indignant, um, I am righteously angry about what's happening with our children under the watch of our men, under the watch of our government. And I, I'm, that's my job and my responsibility to draw attention to it. So America's mom was created and Dave, the very first thing we did, this is what got us on the map was I sat looking very similar to how I look right now. I got my hair and makeup done. I'd read a lot of Phyllis Shafley. So I was like, I was ready to, to take up the mantle of the moms and, and go make muffins or whatever we need to do to get political support. And I just sat there and I read the comprehensive sex education bill on, on a Facebook live. Mm. that's it and it went crazy because they said i didn't know how to read a bill i was just reading the bill and i know it was horrifying but i didn't write that bill those people that we elected to represent us and protect our way of life they wrote the bill and they thought that i was making stuff up they said there's no way it doesn't say that you're an idiot i mean it just exploded and um, that's when we knew they're major triggered because if regular people like me start taking an interest and start fighting for my kids, there's no way the darkness can win. There's no right. way. Yeah, the, the darkness cannot exist when you shed light on it. And that's been the problem is we in the church have been too naive, too trusting, too complacent to start shedding light on darkness. Yes. Uh, we've allowed ourselves to be silenced because, well, we don't want to be the prudes. We don't want to be the judgmental people. Mm -hmm. We don't want to scare people away from the church by by upholding sin, you know, let, let the Holy Spirit convict and, and we'll just love. And unfortunately, uh, every inch we gave, the enemy took a mile. And that's why you have men in women's clothing gyrating in front of kids in schools on our tax dollars. Yes. Uh, because we were very complacent for a very long time. And, and we're in, in every community. I think everyone's waiting for that one person to actually stand up. So that we don't, we know that we're not alone. And in your case, you are the one to to stand up. Yeah, and I to speak to what you're saying, um, the the time for diplomacy is over. Um, this idea that decency matters more is over. They're mutilating our children. They're yeah. killing our children post delivery. Um, they're literally targeting, going after, sexualizing our children. Adult teachers are plotting and planning and scheming how to get your child 
into a drag situation, into a transgender situation, into a homosexual situation. Um, they're teaching our children this stuff. The days of diplomacy are way over. And I think people need to really pick up their Bibles and start reading it. The spirit mm -hmm. of Phineas is alive and well in the hearts of mothers. And when we see unrighteousness, when we see evil and wicked behavior, we need to be like Phineas and we need to pick up our spear and we need to drive it through the heart of that issue. Um, God applauded that and God's anger was satisfied when Phineas did that. You know, I don't mm -hmm. know if you if you remember the story in the Old Testament where they had um, not quite reached their promised land yet, but they had put up tents and they were hanging out with all the pagan women. And um, and they were told not to do that. And they did it anyway. And it got so bad that they were bringing these these pagan women into their tents where they're supposed to be having their religious rituals. And they're fornicating with these women in the tent right there for everyone to see. It's exactly what we're experiencing right now. Exactly. It's in front of our eyes. The majority of people who were with Phineas ignored it tried to pretend like it wasn't happening. And he literally is looking around like, what's wrong with all of you people? Look at what they're doing. They're desecrating our, our worship place. Yeah. This is insane. And he picks up and thankfully satisfied the anger of the Lord because they probably God would have smote all of them. Mm -hmm. And that's what we're looking at right now. It, in my mind, I, I think that we have not just a responsibility for our own kids, but for society at large. God is not going to be mocked. He is not going to sit back and allow us to gaslight him and tell him that what we see, we just need to have a little bit more love. Love is just love. And we just need to have more love. God is not going to be mocked this way. And that's yeah. really what gives me the most um, the most fire is I, I, I know the Lord. You know, I've been walking with the Lord for 38 years now. I know the Lord. I know what his heart in keeping with what his heart is towards us and especially towards the most innocent among us. He would not tolerate this. He's given us instruction. He's given us guidance what to do. And we need to stand against it. Um, I think also with kind of moving into where we're at now, um, I did grow very concerned, obviously. I recruited a lot of mothers and grassroots organizers across the state of Colorado. And as America's mom grew, so did organizations across the state. And just people deciding, I'm not doing this anymore. I'm not going to stand by while they ruin my kid. I'm, right. not, I'm just not going to do it. And so uh, in 20, um, I guess it was 2019, I did run the primary campaign for Lauren Boebert, Congresswoman Boebert out of Colorado. And that was a, a really great experience just simply because it was a couple moms who looked at what was going on and said, let's see what we can do to change it. Let's just go for it. You know, if God's with us, something good's going to come out of this. And all too often we think, and I've heard this before with people too, we think that we need to run to win. We just need to run out of obedience and then let the yeah. cards fall where they're going to fall. Right. Yeah. And it's one of those things. It, it reminds me of the, uh, the, the story about the kid uh, throwing, um, throwing the starfish back in to the ocean after a hurricane. It, there's so many out there, you're not going to save them all. But if you make the an impact for each one, each one that you throw back in the water, you're making an impact. So you got to start small. You got to start with one starfish you throw back in the water. And then eventually people might join you on the beach throwing them in. But uh, you can't look at the size of the project. You have to look at what God's mm -hmm. called you to do as part of that. And uh, we, we need more moms. We need we actually need more dads to step up. Uh, there's far too many dads that are, are ceding their power to either their, their wives or to the school because they're busy with work. They're busy with their downtime hobbies. And they're forgetting that their job is a spiritual head, the spiritual warrior of the home 
to protect the kids from this onslaught of of indoctrination because if they can't it, for me from my perspective if they can't get your kid in the womb they're going to find they're going to get them another way and when i say they it's not some conspiratorial they we're talking about the enemies uh, of god you know the enemy of god uh not the flesh and blood but the the spiritual enemy which is using flesh and blood against us but our real enemy is the spiritual enemy and we've not done nearly enough to use our authority to fight him. I, I couldn't agree more. And I, I want to say this and hope your audience understands, like I'm not a homeschool mom. I, the, when, when we finally pulled our kids out of school, it's, it was out of necessity. It was mm -hmm. because I was like, I'm not, they're not wearing masks and we're not going along with this stuff anymore. And they're not going to get dumber every day they show up here. Like it, it really was just a, these are my kids. They're my responsibility. I don't like what I'm seeing. I'm not going to tolerate it. Yeah. I didn't have a strong moral thing about public school versus homeschool at that time. I really didn't. And I want your audience to know that because I think it can be, like you said, overwhelming to think about changing everything about your life in order to save your children. Um, yeah. But God is really gracious. You know, it has been bit by bit and the anger and the vitriol has been just enough to compel us to do what's necessary. And then he leads us down the path to get it done. And I can, I can say that with everything that we have done, that is what has happened. God has been like, I just need you to obey. And then I'm going to show you the path forward. So don't worry. And at this point, you know, um, when everything exploded for us and we were get, garnering national attention, the comprehensive sex education bill was a really big deal because people just didn't believe it was happening. Um, it, my husband worked for criminal justice. He worked for the judicial system in Colorado and he was getting a lot of attention. And he, you know, they don't really like that um, because it was our Colorado government that was passing all these bills. And I, I think we just, we had to come to a point, there was a lot of arguments. I want to be really transparent with your audience too. We had a lot of arguments. There was a lot of, um, it wasn't so much I'm mad at you as much as God is calling us to this. And we've got to walk in faith somehow that this is what he wants us to do. I believe it with everything I have. There was a lot of times of me just talking to the Lord and saying, you're going to have to work this out. Cause I, I can't be saying yes to you and then be at odds with my husband. Like that's yeah. not, you don't want that either. And so it took us a little while to sort it out. That That is really, we were doxxed. Our kids' pictures were put out for the public. We had swarms of just crazy radicals. Um, our, our, media was, our social media was shut down. We were taken off of Twitter. Our YouTube was pulled down. I mean, we were above the target. You want to know if you're above the target, that's how you know. Um, and so it was a lot of uncertainty. Like, is this really what we want to do? Is this, we have a good life. Do we really want to start putting ourselves out there and be the target for all of this? And at the end of the day, once we got through the initial, I call it baptism by fire there. Once we got through that initial fire, like, and we just submitted to God, literally was the word for 2020 was surrender. That's what we did. We surrendered our lives and said, whatever you want, just keep walking us through it till we, you know, and, and just kind of keep taking us through it until, yeah. until, until, until the next thing. And that's literally what has happened. Um, beyond be, between investigating elections, exposing our, our school districts and what was happening there in November of 2016, or excuse me, November 16th of 2021. So this is a full year later. We're just doing what God's asking us to do. We're running campaigns. We're just working quietly, just doing our thing. Um, had our little podcast on Facebook, just doing our, our stuff, bringing really great people directly to um, the people in my community so that they could hear firsthand from doctors, from biologists, from scientists, you know, to, to weather the storm and empower our elected officials. 
in November of 2021. Um, we had it banging on our door and just um, kind of like hollering and screaming and all of this stuff. And, and we're, I'm thinking, um, I didn't, I just honestly just had kind of a, a moment of just, this is surreal. This can't be happening. My two little ones were schooling at the table. I just pulled a berry cobbler out of the oven and my husband was working downstairs because it was still the COVID era. And of course, judicial never went back to work until just recently, really. Um, so he comes upstairs and we hear, this is the FBI open up. We have a warrant. And this is where you really are, you know, where people are trying to decide, do I want to have this target on my back? Well, the reality is, is that if you are a Christian, if you're a conservative, if you've ever put anything out on social media, you're already on a list, guys. It's already done. You're already on the list. There's nothing you can do about that now. What you really have to do is decide, am I really going to fully walk in submission to God or not? And I don't know where he will take you. I don't know what he's going to ask of you or what he's going to require from you. Maybe it's being a great researcher for someone who is more in the public. You know, maybe it's homeschooling and starting a pod for your community. I don't know. God's calling you to something, though, that only he can do through you. You're not going to be able to do it in your own strength because it's just really overwhelming. And I think when I look back at what happened with us the day that the FBI showed up, I was extremely vocal. I was very public, very transparent. I was calling out the elected officials that we knew were just, uh, they're just criminals. They're just, they're the evil people that, you know, the whitewashed sepulchers, just yeah. bad people. And they are. And I know people will tell me, well, Sharona, we wrestle with, we don't wrestle with flesh and blood. We wrestle with um, spirit. And I'm like, yes, but these are willing vessels. They have made yeah. themselves willing. Um, to be the ones that are flooded by this demonic spirit. And so the there are times where you just have to call directly people out. In Eric Metaxas's book, um, oh gosh, If You Can Keep It, is that what it's called? It's such a great book. Yeah. Um, yeah. Is that what it's called, If You Can Keep It? I believe so. I'll double check. I think it is. It's got an aqua cover on it. He talks about the um, what it took for America to become independent, for us to win our freedom. And one of that, one of those elements was the pastors at the time who were leading the revival, um, calling out the pastors that were telling lies, that were holding the people hostage, that were telling them they couldn't have freedom with God. They couldn't have a relationship directly with God. Um, it, it's, um, I gotta think of his name, uh, one of the greatest revivalists of all time. Can't think of his name, came here from England. And he was calling these bad pastors out by name and saying that they were doing the work of Satan. And I mm. think that is what people fear the most, right? Is being called out by name for the things that they are doing that are wrong. But that's that's the same for me. I'm called out by name all the time. At this point, since that raid on our house, um, they did take a battering ram to my door. They did put me in handcuffs. They had their guns drawn. They dragged my daughter up and down the stairs by her hoodie. They tormented my family for three and a half hours. And at the end of it, what they said was, um, when I asked what warrants all of this that you're doing to us, they said, you connect people. And I don't know what that had to do with the warrant. The warrant said um, it was um, conspiracy to commit wire fraud. And that would be a financial crime. Right. What I've learned since then is that this really just a blanket that's used in order to get to your stuff and figure out who you're mm -hmm. talking to who you have relationships with, what you're doing. That gives them full unprecedented access to all of your stuff is just to throw a conspiracy to commit wire fraud at you. 
And yeah, yeah I mean, they do it all the time. <laughs> so I think at, at this point, going through that experience and realizing that just the way we began, do you really want to be healed? Because if you really want to be healed, then you will put aside, you know, God will heal and restore your trauma. And then he will open up the door to the most wild adventure you never thought you needed in your life. You never thought you would have. Yeah. And then he will empower you to see it through. And I've learned, and I hope that your people listening will just really take this with them. You cannot serve God and walk in fear at the same time. You just Absolutely. can't. And I think it, it's such an amazing story. And it's, there are, there are going to be people that, that I'm sure that hear the story and they think, well, there's got to be something. The FBI doesn't just raid Americans' homes. But we've seen that the FBI has been weaponized, just like the IRS was weaponized in uh, the 2000s uh, against uh, conservatives. Right. <clears throat> and, and, yeah, there's there's no perfect side. There, you know, there are power, uh, abuse of powers on both sides. But m- more and more, by and large, conservatives and Christians are seeing the, the government come against them. Uh, you're in Colorado, which is home of uh, Baker Jack, uh, who uh, has been persecuted for his stance. He's a, It's not that he refused service. He refused to write or create something. He would have served anybody that came in his bakery. It's just that he didn't want to put messages that he didn't agree with. But unfortunately, there's too much power in the media, too much power in the government to try to snuff people out that want to stand for something that's biblical. And that's why conspiracy to commit wire fraud is a reason to bust into your home. Mm-hmm. And I'm not even sure what the uh, the charges were in, uh, was it Philadelphia, where uh, a pro-life activist and his family were held at gunpoint for three hours by the FBI. It, uh, it's all it's all association. So really, what's happening right now, and this is what is good for you to understand, as you know, you're leading people to, is that it's the power of association. We are strong when we come together. What have they tried to do the last three and a half years? They have tried to dis to separate us all out, and there was a huge disruption, obviously, within the church, within Christianity, when COVID came on the scene, and we had some pastors really just were like everybody take the shot lock the churches down like it was a total fear move and my I, I mean i don't know what to say it was fear it didn't take very much research to figure out that this was all a sham that there was other alternatives and that this was really an effort by the government to do what obama had not been able to do before which was to shut the churches down and yeah. once you shut those churches down and you did not allow people to assemble and associate that was a massive victory for the they right for the darkness that was a very big victory for them and so that's what's been going on they are trying to the first amendment promises the um that we have the right to associate we have the right to free speech the association part is the big key right now what the government has done with their surveillance system is allowed for now you are speaking with me dave now you by extension speaking with me they will now give themselves authority through the fisa court to investigate you because you're a connection to me now they have declared war on power of association because ultimately and what we've learned and i don't think anybody will be surprised by this ultimately their goal is still to take donald j trump down whether you love him or hate him or indifferent you think he was the best or the worst it doesn't matter it's the same people that will tell me if you just weren't so loud this wouldn't have happened 
That is not correct thinking. We have a, a document that guarantees we have the, the God-given right. It affirms that right, rather. It doesn't give it to us. It affirms that right, that we can say what we want in this country. We don't have a king. We are a constitutional republic. We, the people, are the government. And we give our consent to be governed by these ones that we have voted for as that democratic portion, if you want to call it that, to be our representatives. But when they no longer are representing us righteously, according to the Constitution, then the founders told us you have the obligation and the duty to remove them. We're not doing that, though. We're not removing them. And when there was an attempt to, to at least take a physical public stand on January 6th to declare this needs to be dealt with, well, they criminalized everybody, just like they criminalized the parents who wouldn't stood up for their kids and called them domestic terrorists. Just to refresh everybody's memory, the National Education Association partnered with superintendents across the country to make lists of parents that were being too loud or made them feel scared and submitted those lists to Chris Ray of the FBI. And your names all went on a list and they now had given themselves power to surveil you. This is what we're talking about, why it, it is so incredibly important. Number one, to not let yourself go negative. When you hear a story like mine or Peter, you know, Pete Navarro um, or Roger Stone, regardless of who you think those people are or what you think they're doing or whatever, maybe they're, maybe they're good men, maybe they're not, I don't know. But yeah. I would just caution you on the going negative and saying, they must have done something. We are not living in times anymore where we can just say, well, they must have done something wrong. We're hearing too many stories of people, yes, being taken in the cover of darkness. In Colorado, just a couple of weeks ago, we all, we had a, a father also who was detained by the FBI for standing out quietly praying in front of an abortion clinic. You, you know, these are the times we're living in because they are advancing their kingdom. Their kingdom includes the sacrifice, the ritual sacrifice of babies. I mean, you look to New Mexico and you see they have the satanic temple for ritual abortion. They're telling you who they are. And they're telling you that they don't want us to be around because we are the voice that's stopping them. Our words are powerful. Our actions are powerful. And with mothers especially, you know, this um, the movement against women has been very powerful for the last 50 years, trying to take women out of the home, trying to remove them from the love and the care of their children. You know, you had people pushing ideas like Dr. Spock, where you just let your babies just lay there and cry it out. You don't soothe and comfort, taking away that natural affinity for our children. And that's probably a little bit of a debatable topic. But the point is, is that we were having other people come in and tell us that what we knew as just naturally as mothers was all wrong. You need to go out and work. You need to go and uh, go to college and you need to go have a career and you need to leave your raising and your training to someone else. Well, you know, no judgment there because we've all done it. We've all, a lot of us have been through that. But I want to encourage you just to really think outside the box and don't let yourself just fall prey to this the narrative that's going around and going negative on those who are standing up because our eyes have been opened and it's going to cost. You know, Jesus said in this life, you're going to have trouble. He mm -hmm. did not promise us that it was going to be rainbows and lollipops at all. He said, you're going to have trouble. But, you know, going back to that, do you want to be healed? Well, I want to have, to, if it's going to be trouble, it's going to be trouble on Jesus's team because I also know that he's promised that he is going to see us through this. No matter what the end is, he is going to see us through this. My family, your family, 
And so we need to just, you know, rest in that. You know, you will have trouble. Jesus never lied to us ever. And so embrace it. And then let's see what adventure God has planned for you. Yep. Rest in the Lord, but don't be lazy in the Lord. And I, because there is a war for our kids right now. Um, my wife and I, we want children. Or we're, we're trying. Uh, but there are times where I'm like, honey, are you sure? Uh, because, I mean, it's just, it, it's, Jesus warned us that there, you know, woe to uh, the woman that, that's breastfeeding in those days because there's a, a lot coming for our kids. Um, the transgenderism, the, the drag queen story hour, and everything that they can do to put a divide between parents and children. They d disguise it well, saying, well, there's so many bad parents that are abusive, and we yeah. want to protect the abused kids. And what we fail to realize <laughs> is that it's the schools that are doing the abuse nine times out of ten because mm -hmm. they're taking them away from what the parents are trying to do. Mm -hmm. And most parents are good parents. There are a few bad ones. But instead of protecting from the bad, they're becoming the bad. Uh, it's very true what you're saying. The majority of parents, they and by the majority, I, I would say 98% of parents, it's not, it doesn't all look the same. Okay. Our parenting styles are different. Our backgrounds have a lot to do with it. But I was an 80s kid and, you know, I didn't see my mom most of the time. We hit, this, you know, we hit the streets in the morning, we came back at dinner time, and we were back out again until we hear them hollering for us to come home. Yeah. That would be considered negligence today, right? But it wasn't. We were, we were having, we had the best childhood. If you were an 80s kid, you had the best childhood, and you didn't even know what was going on. Uh, nowadays, you know, it doesn't look the same. But yes, I, I really do agree with you. I've met so many people in the work that I did before doing this. Um, I worked with all different backgrounds, all different walks of life. And at the end of the day, yes, the parent loves the child the most. There's no doubt about that. Um, yeah. And God loves them even more. And he knows exactly why he put them where he put them. What I can promise you this is government does not love you. And no. government does not love your kids. And guess what those public school systems are? They are an extension of government. And they don't love your children. They are teachers. They are educators. It's very good to have strong boundaries with your teachers and your educators. When I hear words like, kiddo first of all it it just uh it it really it sets my it sets me on edge i like i i literally almost gag because they are not kiddos they're students having proper boundaries having order in speech is really critical because they have decided they are the parent they have decided that they love your child more than you do and they know better what um for, what's for you know for your child than you do that really is their mentality i mean there's so many secret tapes coming out right now from project veritas even uh, and showing you how they talk about you when you're not around, the mm -hmm. way they talk about destroying and mind fielding your child. That's what they're doing. They're sitting there strategizing how they can separate you from your kid. And if you happen to be the really fortunate one who's in a small district and you're able to have some say and some control there, that's great, but eyes wide open. Because yeah. at the end of the day, taking children who are two years old away from their parents and calling it preschool, um, it's, it's not good. It's early separation from parents. There's nothing in, there's no science. There's no data to support the removal of children from their parents before age seven period. They need you. And it's not easy being a parent. It's not, it's not easy being a mom and a dad, but, um, that is, that's the, that's what God's called you to. If he's given you children, that's what he's called you to be a parent and step up for your kids. Yeah, absolutely. 
And sometimes that requires a little bit of sacrifice. Maybe you don't have, you know, the four bedroom, two garage house. Maybe you need to downsize so that somebody can be with your kids, especially those first seven years to give them the foundation so that when they go into a public setting, they've got a foundation that they know they can trust their mom and dad more than the world. You know, maybe I can share this with your audience too. My husband and I have spent a lot of time eating beans and rice because of exactly what you said, like you have to make sacrifices and our parents made sacrifices when we were growing up, you know, we didn't have a lot, but we had exactly what we needed. And that same situation has played out with me and my family. And, you know, my kids are getting older, so I've got more opportunity to, you know, make income or whatever. But when they're little, that is really half the fun and the struggle is figuring out, um, you know, how are we going to make this work? And that that is the joy and the privilege of watching God meet your needs. That's the joy and privilege of being in community, being in fellowship. It's why we're supposed to be in fellowship, because, yeah, you will have times that you need and you you don't have it. But the person you're fellowshipping with, someone in your church, your local body, they're going to have it and they're going to want to fill in for you. I, it, it's so important to make sure that we're not isolating, to make sure that we're not just carrying all our burdens ourselves, to be in fellowship locally is vital to Christian life. It's vital to you being able to do what you need to do to raise your children. And it's it's biblical. It's yeah. that, and that's the most important thing. God's given us a guide. Uh, this is the best way for things to work out, the best way for you. And I, I really think it's important to know, no, you're not, I, I'm always amazed at people who have like, they're 25 years old, they've got two kids, they've got like a massive house, two cars, but you know what? She's gone and working. And those kids are, you know, it's, it's whatever they've got to make the decision, what they're doing, but um, there are sacrifices that are worth it. And I think this is one of those. And it wasn't that long ago that we were sitting there scrambling, trying to figure out how we were going to make things make things work, make things happen. And, you know, God always does provide. So it's not an excuse. It's just not. God will provide for you. Yeah. And it, what he doesn't provide, he knows that you didn't need. So uh, that that's the faith part. <laughs> that's the hard part. And for me, as a, you know, being the guy, being naturally hard to be the provider, whenever there's a time where I'm hoping God provides and, and it, it's a no. It's like, God, I want to provide this for my for my home. But mm-hmm. that's the faith. We've got to be willing to trust him to provide what we need. And he's a good father. He not only gives us what we need, he'll give us a few of the things that we want because he loves his kids and he wants to see them have joy. Uh, not necessarily always happiness, but wants us to have joy. Yeah, they, the key to life is not happiness. It's definitely not happiness. It's not named as happiness is not named as one of the fruits of the spirit or the outcome of a godly life. But joy is and joy is deeper. It's more contagious than happiness. Happiness is situational. Joy is a deep, compelling knowing that God has got you and that he has promised he will take care of you no matter what comes your way. And um, I think that you know, even for the uncertainty that all of us are going through right now, if you're whether you're watching the news or not, and I would say um, mainstream media always lies, whatever they say, I automatically know it's the opposite. Even every now and then they may have a little teeny tiny kernel of truth. It still has uh, rat poison in it. And I I love things like this, like what you're doing, podcasts like this, um, news shows like this that are really telling you guys the truth. That's really this alternative media, this parallel um 
universe really that we're creating here because people are getting involved because people are tired of being told what to think and what to believe and we really do this is a really cool attribute that god gave us we really do want to to, to have for people to have truth we really do i don't know if that's just the spirit um or if it's humanity at large but i i know that's been an outpouring for me as i i really want people to know the truth and walk in the truth and trust God in that truth. And so these, this parallel markets and um, banking and media and all these things that the Patriots are growing is just phenomenal. And I highly encourage everyone support these efforts, support these great people that are doing this stuff, because I'm sure Dave, I mean, you, I'm sure you've had people going, what are you doing? This is crazy. Why do you do that? Why do you have to be out there? Why are you on social media? It's the devil's mm -hmm. playground. You know, all of these things. Well, the culture war is happening here on social media and um, there's time for breaks and stuff like that. You know, walk as the Lord deems you, but you are, if you're on social media, if you're doing stuff like this, you are in the battle. This is yeah. where it's a very different kind of war. It really is, but it is it is definitely happening. And I really encourage people to support ones like you, Dave, and keep ministries like this alive, keep truth telling alive. Um, yeah. There's never anything that's gonna happen that's so big. I mean, we're not gonna have you know, um, Goldman Sachs coming and giving us tons of money to lie to you. It's just not gonna happen. And you wouldn't take it anyway. No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't wanna pay the taxes on it. <laughs> <laughs> well. If it's Goldman Sachs, they're probably hiding it. So you probably don't have to pay the taxes on it. <laughs> right. Well, uh, uh, Sharon, I, I thank you so much for coming on. Uh, I want to encourage everyone to visit uh, americasmom.net. And uh, for our audience that wants to uh, find your podcast, your uh, your appearances, uh, what, where can they find you? What's your, your schedule like uh, uh, as far as your TV show? Yeah, absolutely. So we are on Frank TV, which is another great resource for media and news. All the truth is happening there. I'm on Monday, Wednesday, Friday, 2 p.m. Central Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time. And then on all your social media platforms, my husband and I do a show called America's Mom and the Mister on Tuesdays and Fridays at usually 10-ish a.m. I say ish because sometimes there's something with the kids or something, yeah. but usually 10 a.m. And we really do, we have a lot of fun. I think I just in, in closing with you, and again, thank you for giving me this opportunity to share with your audience. I just really encourage you to, to plant your feet and just be strong. When, when you have that feeling of, um, if I say that, this is probably what's gonna happen, then you probably need to say that. You probably need to do exactly what God is prompting you to do, and then just let the cards fall where they're gonna fall. We try to control our lives. We try to hold on to what we think we already possess. And that's not God's way. It's not. And I promise you, like I've never seen the righteous man forsaken. I have not seen it ever. And I definitely have not. Um, the Lord has never abandoned me. Sorry, the little screen thing went off. But the Lord has never abandoned me. He's never abandoned my family. And if I, if we had more time, I would just share the miracles that God has brought in my life. But not only our show, America's Mom, was formalized. Um, I work with the great Mike Lindell, such a great patriot, uh, just such a godly man who's fighting for this country. Um, I've had the opportunity to meet with President Donald Trump and just so many incredible people around this world that are standing up for you and are saying, America, please don't lay down please stand up and fight because this is still the city on a hill. This is still the bright and shiny beacon of hope, of faith, of a symbol of God's goodness in the land. That is still what America is and she is worth fighting for. Absolutely.
Amen. Well, we've only got a couple of minutes, so I still want to run through, if, if we could, uh, the uh, the interrogation. Yeah. Uh, we'll, we'll cut it to five questions instead of the full seven. Just kind of get to know you on the way out, and then I'll ask you your wise counsel after that. So yeah. here's the interrogation. So first question, what makes you laugh? Anything that the liberal does. <laughs> there you go. I love comedy. Yes. All right. Uh, what's your favorite comfort food? Oh, chocolate and coffee. Nice. Uh, with whom do you most identify in scripture? Hmm. Phineas. <laughs> and uh, our next question, uh, where would you most like to visit in this life? Um, I really would love to go to Greece. I would love to go and see um, Athens, and I would love to go see those places that Paul walked around and spoke at. I'd love to see where he gave the whole message of the unknown God. I would love to see that. I think that's, yes, that's where I would, if we if we can, that's where I'd love to go. Nice. I like it. And uh, final question is going to be, uh, if you could go back and relive a moment, whether for the good, to, uh, because you love the moment, or to fix something, uh, what would that moment be that you'd like to relive? There's so many. <laughs> oh gosh, I try. You know, there's a lot of things I would do different in my life. Um, they've all brought me where I am right now, but just for the sake of my own spirit, I would make sure that I kept stronger boundaries. I would stand up for the things that I knew were right. Um, too many times things happen and we just kind of go, I don't want to hurt someone's feelings. And um, I would take the risk and try to find a way to say it anyway. Um, because again, if God's prompting you, you need to do it. And mm -hmm. if you don't, then that becomes the regret. So I can't identify exactly a situation. I just know that I have felt that way many times where I've walked away and gone, I did not do that right. Hmm. All right. I, I, I can appreciate it, definitely. Um, and our final question I ask every guest, uh, for anyone that's listening or watching that wants to use their gifts for God's glory, uh, what's your wise counsel for them? Just keep your eyes fixed on Jesus. He is the author. He is the finisher. Keep your eyes fixed on him. Because if you start to do something that's unusual, people will say a lot about it. And you just have to, you know, if you read this, the word, you see there was so much of that going on where God was calling people to something and they were ridiculed by those who were watching. You really have to be firm in your belief that God is calling you to it. Um, I always have sought counsel also, those that I, I am under authority also. So I don't go out on my own. I don't venture out on my own. Um, if I feel God's speaking to me about something, I run that past those that are in authority over me. and um, and I argue my case. I mean, I, I don't just go, what do you think? And, and if they're in, in, you know, if they're contrary to what I'm saying, I, I argue my case for sure. Cause that's what those people are there for. Um, mm -hmm. but I would never go out on my own because God has given us, you know, he has given us authorities. My husband is my authority. And then beyond him, I also have another spiritual authority that I seek also when him, if him and I are not aligned. And so I would just say, that's really important. If God's called you to it, he will also provide you confirmation. He's very sweet to us that way, right? He is very yeah. sweet. You will confirm what he has asked you to do. And um, for me anyway, that's that's what I have that's what I've done. When I'm I'm feeling like 
I think this is what you're asking of me, Lord. And um, I confirm that. Yeah. It's a good word. Well, I really appreciate you being on. I appreciate the work you do and, and um, you know, just the tenacity that you're pursuing the Lord and also trying to be a good steward of the gifts that he's given us in this country of uh, freedom, the ability to speak, the ability to assemble, and also, more importantly, fighting for our kids because we need more parents, we need more men and women fighting for our kids yes. uh, to keep them safe. So uh, thank you so much for joining us and uh, I wish you nothing but God's blessings and uh, everyone check her out. America's mom.net America's mom.net. Uh, Sharana Bishop. Uh, thanks so much for being on. Dave, thank you so much for having me on. God bless you and this journey that you're on. Thank you. God bless.